0: You don't spend that much time to try to think about the engine in your car, you're also thinking about everything around, if it's comfortable, uh, you know, uh, consumption and so on. I think for the virtualization platform, it's the same.
1: Hello, and welcome to Episode 78 of Great Things with Great Tech, the podcast highlighting companies doing great things with great technology. My name's Anthony Spatiri, and in this episode, we're talking to a company that specializes in open source virtualization solutions. They offer an integrated virtualization platform built on the Zen hypervisor and the management and backup platform Zen Orchestra. Their solutions are positioned as an alternative to the major hypervisors, providing a comprehensive stack for organizations. That company is Vates, the creators of XCPNG and Zen Orchestra Joining me today is Olivia Lambert, CEO and co-founder at Vates. Welcome to the show.
0: Hi, and thank you for hosting me.
1: Excellent. So this is uh, couldn't be better timed, Olivia, in terms of um, you know what's happening today in the land of hypervisors and virtualization. And I'm really excited to dig into what Vates are doing to you know basically enter us into a brand new world um, of <laughs> the hypervisor as we enter 2024. But before we get into that, if you love great things with great tech and would like to feature on future episodes, you can click on the link on the show notes or head to gtwgt.com and also go to YouTube, hit the like and subscribe button, all of our past episodes are on there. Also go to Spotify podcast, that's where we're hosted and all the podcasts, your Apple, your Google, your Spotify, hit the like, hit the follow and you will get all future episodes. So with that out of the way olivia let's let's talk about yourself first let's talk about the lead up to the founding of vates but i'm interested in yourself you've got quite a cool story i'm out of france but maybe give a bit of background about you and where you've come from from a technology point of view in your career
0: sure sure um so so i'm oliver uh as anthony said and Indeed, um, uh, the background and the story before creating Vates is, I think, quite interesting, especially in the light of the recent event in the virtualization world. So I'm myself a former system administrator. I worked for a pretty large company before creating uh, my own, and I was, you know, uh, it was, let's say back in uh, the 2000s and uh, virtualization was pretty early uh, back then. and we started to deploy Zen as an open source virtualization hypervisor, and that's where I started to do things with that. And at some point, I realized that uh, I'd love to do open source as my you know main driver every day. So that's why I decided with uh, two uh, other co-founder to you know, create a new adventure that wasn't really. You know specific into the virtualization or whatnot it was you know integrating open source uh, to start with our let's say local customers we we are based uh, in grenoble so in the alps in france nice. and so the business started like this like not a software editor like we are today but integrator of any open source solution you can imagine database things like this and whatnot and then uh, for our own requirements uh, because we started to have many customers we wanted to you know have also a virtualization solution uh, for our own machines uh, that we had in a and we wanted to manage those machines and at the time we were using uh, the citrix zen server projects um, mm-hmm. and uh, the API of the virtualization platform is great but you only had one uh windows UI and as you can imagine um at Vates we are originally more you know linux server guys yes. so using you know a heavy clients to manage our vm wasn't really something we love to. So we decided to create an orchestrator on top of Citrix Zen server. And we started Zen Orchestra and that's okay. how we switch from, you know, being an integrator to a software editor. And we started with one first software that was just, I would say the, uh, orchestrator thing, but, uh, you know, as it is open source, uh, what's funny with open source is, um, when you start something, you talk a, a bit about it around you and suddenly there's people interested. So, um, a lot of people said, okay, I'd like to use your software, your web UI to manage Zen server. And that's pretty much how the community was created, you know, kind of almost out of thin air with many other people interested about the projects. And then those people asked us to modify the software in a way they wanted to use it. Uh, it's funny because, you know, we created it as something like I don't know very basic management tool and it transformed into a backup orchestration load balancer whatever wow, whatnot yeah. you can imagine so you know the story wasn't straightforward at all uh we you know have been have a first life with the company then a second life and then a third one uh because we come to the uh, xcpng project yeah. which was in fact you know a fork of the citrix Zen server platform so a fork in open source is you just get the code because you disagree with the way it's the project is done, you know, Citrix doesn't have a great track record with open source in general. Uh, so that's why we decided uh, to, you know, take that our own project. Uh, and for that, we made a, a Kickstarter campaign uh, okay. because uh, also, yeah, the funny story about it is when we decided to make the fork, we are in 2018. And, you know, virtualization in 2018 is already not sexy. You know, it's, you know, everyone is talking, you know, Public cloud, containers, it was done. and so yeah, on. It was done. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. You know, it's dead. Nobody needs any kind of virtualization technology and so on, which is even more, you know, remarkable now, today <laughs> with what's happening with VMware. But mm. then I was myself kind of self convinced that indeed maybe virtualization was dead. So we said, why not? Let's create a Kickstarter and see if people are interested in a fully open source and easy to use virtualization platform in 2018. And to my own surprise, we you know got the target in less than twenty four hours, and then I realized okay, oh, wow. so there's a difference between what you can hear doing you know talks and conferences about you know we are Netflix, we are doing this, we are doing that, we are Google, we are doing this and doing that, and the reality on what's going on into any, you know, companies, regular companies, having to still to deal with their, you know, existing virtualization software, existing software, uh, and and things like that. So it was kind of a, you know, a realization that people need something uh, at some point to run their software, you know, the cloud is very good for many different use cases, but for something that's kind of stable that doesn't require elasticity and thing like this uh it might be expensive so we did that where i think we could say it was maybe the worst you know moment to to create a a new virtualization platform because nobody yeah. cared about it you know and so anyway we did it because we found people interested into that and Almost by accident, I would say, because we forked the Citrix platform, we managed to get the whole stack. You know, we got the orchestration and backup platform that we did earlier, Zen Orchestra, yep. and now we got the virtualization platform. And then we said, okay, so now we got a whole stack, so we will try to move forward from there and provide this as a, let's say, complete solution. And then, you know, uh, something happened <laughs> with VMware and changed almost everything for everything,
1: us. Everything, yeah. That's, a, yeah, that's. It's a lot to unpack there. I've got a ton of questions about. Um, uh, number one, you know, when you say you were a system administrator or integrator, you used, like an IT guy to start with. Like, how did that start? Were you just li- literally working on the early days in the early two thousands on those early virtualization platforms? And obviously, you know, you had ESX, Zen was Zen was around. But then the, yeah. the the orchestration that was around that, you know, I think back to those days when I was testing out those those platforms when. The emergence of stuff like VMware Cloud Director came out, vCloud Director, but also CloudStack, OpenStack, Open Nebula, mm. all of these um, orchestration platforms that sat on top of the hypervisor was, was where it was at. So I'm pretty sure along the way I must have tested um, Zen Zen Orchestra as well. Like, so it's quite interesting that you jumped from just doing that to being able to you know, actually create an orchestration platform. How, I'm interested in that jump. Did you yeah. do that oh, yourself? It's very did you, simple. Did you, did you find people that did it for you? I mean, what, what was the sort of, from A to B, how did you get there?
0: Yeah, yeah, that, that's a very good question. In fact, uh, as I would say, it's a usual story where uh, in Zen at the time, there was nothing, no, you know, GUI for it. I mean, I played Zen back in, I don't know, 2005, something like this no orchestration platform existed at all. So you had to deal with configuration file, um, command lines and so on. And I was frustrated by the fact that I started to have many machines and I couldn't tell where my VMs were basically on which physical machine. And that frustration, made me create something an early prototype uh in PHP back then right. say, okay, I will find a way to, you know, have a web server asking, you know, it was not really an API, but something like this in Python, if I remember yeah. back then and at least to display, you know, where my goddamn yeah. VMs are because yeah. when I'm shutting something, I want to know it without to connect to any right. machine to type, you know, list my VM and so on. So, so this was I was you. my first You were yeah, right. You were me. writing it. Yeah good. Okay. Yeah, that's, I, I, that, I was I would yeah, I, I'm not a great developer, but, uh, you know, good I've enough. always Probably. been, Clearly good enough. yeah, <laughs> I, I mean, I was interested in the web technologies from, I would say, the start of the web. I'm yeah. kind of born with the web. Uh, I mean, uh, using something in a web browser is, you know, the basic thing to me. So when I wanted to have orchestration, the browser was, you know, the normal way to follow. And obviously, very soon my code was really bad and i asked a friend my future associate by the way uh, to help me to do it well to use you know a Git version control and so on and in fact the uh what's even more surprising is zen orchestra existed before we created the company like as a summer project i did for you know uh, outside my work since cool. i wanted to do something for that so it was a side project and when we created the company it was not even a topic you know it was something i made years ago and i kind of resurrected it uh let's say five years after because i realized no other project was there and you know i said i searched i said maybe someone did something like i did yeah. and it wasn't the case and the blog i created five years ago continued to had i don't know one or two thousand visitors per month and then i realized okay There's a need for that. CloudStack and OpenStack were, let's say, the big guns because they're the large orchestrator at the data center level, and they are pretty complex. If you have a few hundreds VM or less, uh, the cost to deploy them and to maintain them back in the time uh, was really huge. So I wanted to make something for people like me with, I don't know, Few dozens of physical machines and something yeah. to manage the Zen infrastructure. So this that's is about this how, is about 2010.
1: Yeah. About 2010 yes. was the time when you resurrected it and brought because that's that's yeah exactly it was working 20,
0: yeah 2012 just after one year after creating the company I decided to resurrect the project that I created around. 2009, 2010, uh, Sorry, it was 2009. And so, yes, yeah. I, and then that's where where I decided to be an interface, not for plain Zen, but Zen embedded into Zen Server, the visualization okay, platform. Yeah. And the reason why was uh, the use in Zen Server or something really great they made called the Zen API, Zappy, uh, because when Citrix purchased Zen, you know, back in 2007, uh, the Citrix customer are Windows shops mainly, and they have yes. you no know, no knowledge on Linux. So they have to create this Windows heavy client connecting to the Zen server and without having any it. Linux yeah. knowledge. Very, you know
1: very, very, very clunky as well for memory, like a ve- not a very not a very intuitive piece of software. it was it was it was it was not easy. I mean I remember evaluating different hypervisors back in that time frame. and zen was like i installed it and just went no way i'm not i'm not i'm not touching this compared to what was already there with even virtual server and then starting into esx and then what hyper-v was doing as well it, it was just you, a, it was always a port to me zen was always yeah. like a poor cousin if, it, if you it, you're I
0: mean. pinpointing exactly the issue and i think one of the thing explaining our success is With Zen Orchestra, we succeed because we made something easy to use, despite being open source, I would say, because, you know, it's not just a reputation. It's, I would say, almost a common thing that many open source projects are working sometimes really well but they are really hard to use and maintain yes. and so we we wanted to make something a bit easier to use it's far from perfect but compared to what we had before it's a you know a, a tremendous improvement and that's why people started to adopt the product and again it was a first on top of Zen server and so our customers was in fact Citrix customers so that's how we started to do things with a fully open source business with just you know you pay a monthly fee or yearly fee to have support and that's a Pretty simple one. It was even, uh, at the time, flat price, so even yep. big customers with hundreds of machines could just take one Zion subscription, and it worked well. So that's how we really, you know, um, shape the company that's how i think our first pivot that's becoming a company with only three person to almost let's say 10 people before we created then the virtualization platform
1: so yeah so i mean the value proposition of the company was effectively you know like you said to make make something a little bit more simpler that was actually quite complex you know and through just your own drive your own innovation you're able to, to tinker a little bit you mentioned the side project that's a great story, right? So so yeah. was the company always called called what it was called like was, was it always uh Vates? Yeah, it's was... it's
0: it's Vates and that's because uh that's a kind of a, a small wink because in Latin uh Vates mean oracle. So you uh... know it was uh, like uh, as you know, Oracle is often seen as sometimes a bad company for some reasons, yes. especially for commercial reasons. It was a way to say, uh, we want to become something big, but the right way. So I love that. Uh, we are named different. That's why Vates is kind of someone able to see the future uh, in Latent. Cool. So, uh, so that's it, the mean, it means the something,
1: it means, which is cool because exactly. I think of, there's, some, companies, there's a story. Yeah, some companies are named and they're just named because it's short and it's snappy and it's supposed to do well. But I love it when there's actually a a story and a reason behind Yeah, there's the a pun. <laughs> that's that's it. So talk about um, the decision to, you're doing services, you've got the orchestra that's, the orchestra that's doing it, that's, that's finding its way in the community. You obviously leverage the community to build that up. And I, oh, I, yeah. guess, I guess in doing that, that then allowed you as a distribution model to be able to go and kickstart the hypervisor, right? Like I think, yeah. so it, it's actually quite smart. I love talking, there's, there's seven powers of business and, and network effects and distribution is a big one so you you use the community as a distribution to be able to get the network yeah. effect to be able to crowdsource with the kickstarter so how did, how did the how did the decision to kickstart that come about and what did it entail and you know what what was the amount that you were put it up for um,
0: okay so uh, basically um you are completely correct um we managed to succeed by forking the project because we had a community behind our back that's trusted us for years because uh we are doing uh i would say real open source in a way that it's fully open source not open core and we always shared everything every feature for people who want to play with their home lab and you know this trust we spent years to build was really helpful to bootstrap the hypervisor project the uh, xcpng project and the initial goal was any i would say even the initial idea was to say um, okay, uh, we'll have a very small target uh, that will help us to explore uh, if it's possible already. So it was like something 10k euros, something like this and said this is the minimal gap that we want to achieve. It was like I wasn't sure about the interest about it. So let's see, because if people are paying uh, and you had just T-shirts and mugs, you know, and a promise that we will do it, but no actual support or whatever. It was really, if you believe in us, just you know send us money and to us that's the ultimate proof that you will be interested you know it's like instead of just studying the market you tell people if you're interested go ahead and you know we'll deliver and a leap of faith faith, yeah exactly and and it was a leap of faith also on on our end we said maybe we will never reach the target maybe nobody care and maybe we'd have to have done something else i don't know but then the in in front of the success, then we realize the importance of building a full stack virtualization platform that is completely open with also, you know, us listening to what people are telling because this community trusts us because we are open source, but also because we added features they wanted. You know, they wanted backup. We added backup. Uh, they wanted self-service features. We added that, and so on. And we always did like this. I'm still, you know, spending I I would say one third of my time on the community forum to listen to that. That's feedback. great. Yeah, and I think that's, that's important. really important. Yes, that's really a key differentiator. Because when you listen to your user, sure, your solution will never be perfect. It will never be 100% of VMware for many reasons. We are not a yep. multi-billion company. But the fact that you listen to people get their feedback and build a product with them make them you know kind of hook into the product and they want you to succeed not just being a customer and i think that's one of our key differentiator in the end is being open the true way for both the code but also the way to listen to people
1: that's that's very good and i I think before we get into the the current state of where we're at with broadcom and vmware i do want to get an understanding of xcpng and and understand Mm -hmm. differentiators and obviously you know the fork that you did but you know, what makes it so compelling today as a platform? Um, you mentioned the backup, yeah. you mentioned <clears throat> the self-service, which is cool because, you know, the, the biggest thing, like, you know, not a lot of backup companies support Zen out of the box, right? Yeah. So to be able to build that into the product is great. Mm-hmm. Self-service is something that, you know, VMware, obviously did quite well with VMware Cloud Director, then you've got the, the open nebulas of the world and all the mm-hmm. control panels that sat on top of that. So to had something, but that was all, that was all piecemeal, right? So to have yeah. something completely built in from the start, sounds like it's pretty compelling. So just, give, just spend a couple of minutes talking about what is so compelling about XCPNG.
0: Yeah, sure. So I think the the there's many different shaders, especially uh, if you compare with VMware. Uh, again, uh, on the technical level, it's pretty clear that nobody on the market got 100%. But uh, as you know, time passed with VMware, we had many customers complaining that they have to buy features they don't care about, but they have to pay for it. So yep. um, I would say on our side, uh, there is, Let's start with the fact that we are open source. I just said that, but I think it's important in a way that XCPNG is now part of the Linux Foundation since the last two or three years. So it means everything we do uh, is not locked to us. Uh, obviously, our main, uh, I would say, value is we develop the solution, but we are, we are not selling a license to use it. We are selling support we are selling yes. uh, you know advice and how to set up that's also a bit different than big vendors with local integrators so sure we have some local integrators but you can talk directly to the editor and discuss your project what would be the best hardware what would be the best approach helping you to build a POC without signing any contract or thing like this you know really building a relationship so outside the product it's already the way we uh, make a relationship with our users and customers um for the project itself um I would say, uh, the main driver for our VMware users migrating to our platform is it's not far from it in terms of components. I mean, we are true type 1 uh, hypervisor, like Xen ESXi could be compared somehow. Yep. Uh, we got a platform that you could compare. We got the equivalent of vCenter with Xen Orchestra. So it's like... Yes. Sure, it's different, but in a way, you can compare the components in a way that's pretty similar. You have a central management console with Xen Orchestra, which is also doing backups, of uh, virtual machine backups, mm-hmm. uh, without any agent and so on. And so we found that people migrating from VMware weren't really lost because they don't have to learn Linux commands or things like this. So yeah. again, we back to what made our success first with Xan Orchestra is... Sure we are open source but doesn't mean you have to get a you know a huge bird and you know only able to type you know very long linux commands or to be a linux expert it's meant to be turnkey basically and that's a real differentiator against other open source solution where maybe you have to learn you know obviously you have to learn how to use a tool, but yes, uh, the level of the, the, the depth on things you have to learn, we try to make it easier, uh, with the UI. Uh, we've got an API CLI and so on, but mm-hmm. anyway, to have a, a look and feel that is closer to the usual product on the market than the niche, you know, solution that requires, you know, tape and whatever to make it work. So, I think that's one compelling thing. In fact, our user doesn't. They, they don't care about the fact we run Zen and whatnot. They want a, a platform that just works. And that's, you know, they install the ISO, next, next, it's installed, I can boot my VMs, and that's it. That's and quite that's interesting. Thing, that's really I, compelling. Yeah. I
1: think you make a good point there. Like, being able to ab- abstract the hypervisor and make it irrelevant is very important. Um, oh yes, especially in today's day and age and you know years obviously you understand that you know for years there was these hypervisor wars, right? Like you know mm-hmm. it was always you know hyperV versus VMware and the Nutanix came in and caused a stir and mm-hmm. they were the big three and it was it was it was very religious in, in a way, right yeah. but ultimately, you know we're talking about something that it can be democratized as well. It, it should be an underlying feature that you never that you never really have to worry about. but somehow, VMware were able to create enough of a, a market and a, a condition in that market where the hypervisor that they produced was seen to be the best uh, by a mile yeah. in terms of features, <laughs> functionalities, yeah. ease of use. Um, whether that was true or not, that's the perception. And through that, um, and it, look, it's a great product. Don't get me wrong. I mean, I've built my I built my career. Oh
0: yeah, it, I, it, you know, you all agree of on
1: that. <laughs> that's exactly right. You know, so I'm not going to I'm not going to sit here and say that it was it was. Horrible, but I'm not going to also by the same token sit here and say that it was perfect because the amount of support cases that I that I had during my time as a, owning a platform that was based on the, the, the hypervisor, yeah, it was a nightmare. And it, to be fair, even when hyperv there was just problems all the time. But I think that's the nature of the game, right? That was the nature of yeah. what it was. It was always some sort of issue because it's a very complex sort of platform when you're taking networking, storage, applications oh, yes. that use every you know. There's all sorts of variables that come into play here and, and that's mm. difficult so it's never, it's never a, a, an environment where you're going to get absolute perfection but somehow the mentality that got brought out there was that VMware was perfection and they basically owned a monopoly at the enterprise level for that. So they were seen mm. as the enterprise play and if you're an enterprise you had to have VMware and that was it. Um, end of story. As you went yeah. down and you started to go into the SM, SME, SMB this is where alternative hypervisors came to play. And that's where Hyper-V was there, Nutanix played in it. And I always thought that, you know, KVM and Zen were there. But I also thought that the KVMs of the world, the OpenStacks of the world, they were there for telcos and that sort of service yeah, exactly. provider land. So mm-hmm. they filled, filled that niche. So in terms of your niche for your product, I mean, where did it take hold? And where yeah. is it sort of sitting at the moment?
0: Uh, I think it's, um, again, you're right, and I think uh, today uh, the value of a product is the entire solution first. It's not just the hypervisor. I mean, you don't spend that much time to, you know, try to think about the engine in your car. You're also thinking about everything around, if it's comfortable, uh, you know, uh, consumption and so on. And I think for virtualization platform, it's the same, you know, we manage all of our KVMs and uh, VMware and so on to have a pretty decent base uh, you know, operation in virtualization. There's a lot of work regarding security, compatibility and so on, but still it works pretty well. So now what matters for the end user and the target we have mostly is uh, as you said, could be for small to medium infrastructure, where, uh, for example, we are not targeting to be used as a tool stack inside the public cloud. Uh, it makes sense if you want to go public cloud size, it's, it, as you said, OpenStack, stack, and so on. But if you have something like from, I don't know, three to few hundreds machines, mm-hmm. uh, then that makes sense. And for example, where it makes also, also a lot of sense um Is in the private cloud area where uh, you know you want to you don't want maybe to still have things on prem you want to rent your servers because you don't want to purchase them anymore yep. uh, but cloud is too expensive so the the good fit is to use a private cloud and you rent the solution for I don't know V H or whatever provider uh, for VMware I think it was a great strength to have those deals with many you know hosting providers yep. and said you know give you monthly right. fee that's that's what I yeah. did
1: that was my that was my day job for. 10 years exactly
0: and that's perfectly i mean outside the on-prem thing that still exists and will continue to exist for years for people like I said from three to few hundreds hosts then the uh you know manage private cloud area is where we could shine because it's in the end relatively close to the on-prem stuff and it's the area between you know again three and fifty one hundred two hundred three hundred obviously there's outliers you know we have users with one machine and we have very large users like uh, kayak from kayak.com with i don't know maybe 2000 machines hey running xpng such- yeah but but Yeah, but they are not using it the same way than the average Joe. You know, they are uh, kind of uh, using uh, all through Terraform and Packer and API and so on. They basically throw a a physical machine like, you know, we do for a VM. So it's another level. It's another scale, but it works too. So, um, but the the core of the target we have is, I would say people still having an infrastructure on-prem or, uh, you know, having a a third-party colo or hosting provider uh, now having trouble with VM more pricing obviously yes. and then those people are seeking for alternative that won't make it too different from people coming from VMware because you don't want just to let them. Okay, so you have a root access on this Linux and go ahead, uh, create you know KVM machines with the command line. That won't be obviously something that people would like to do. No, I... So that's why we are kind of a, in the middle ground. By sure we are open source, uh, but we don't want to be you know too complicated to manage. So it's a kind of best of both worlds. At least that's where we are going and where we we. I, I think. Construct, build our success. Uh, that that's the main reason.
1: Yeah, and look, it's it's definitely VMware's dominance over the last oh, fifteen years or so. Been really, since you know the early mid two thousands, it, it's been significant. And like we talked about earlier, it created a virtual monopoly where there wasn't really a monopoly, but there was a monopoly in the market. You know, yes, and, de facto. And, and, <laughs> and it, yeah, de facto standard. That's it, right? And it's just the way it yeah, is. we exactly. talk about this. And they did it very smartly. Um, and I think what's happened now is that people have to start to think about the hypervisor again. All of a sudden, where before there was no, <laughs> there was never a question. Yep, no worries. We yeah. run VMware. Yeah, we're going into the cloud, but on premises, we're still going to run ESXi. We've got vCenter running. It's it's reasonable. It's doing exactly. its job. We're happy with the. You know, there are some problems every time. You know, sometimes you know I wouldn't install the first version as an example, but it's still the best one out there. But now. What's happened with the Broadcom scenario is that it's, it's created a, a, a bit of fear and uncertainty yeah. and doubt. Mm-hmm. yes, fud it's, it's, it's fud right? That's been created. And I think also that's it, the FUD has been fueled by um, other, other companies offering similar solutions as well. like I, I don't think I haven't seen you guys do it very much but I know that, no, other... that, that that's not yeah. the
0: way we work. You know, we, yeah. we never, I mean, I, I'm happy to tell VMware is a great product and that's not the problem right now. Uh, the problem it. is the way, you know, Broadcom is trying to, you know, uh, Squeeze it to take, you know, transform it into a bigger cash cow, and that's not a product problem. That's you know uh, a commercial problem, uh, a sales problem, or whatever you name it. Uh, that's, that's not it. a technical issue in the end. No, yeah,
1: that, that's right. And so to that end, it still has right, and you don't want to see. I, I call it ambulance chasing, right? When something like yeah. when <laughs> when something goes down, you chase it. I don't think it's not right to do that. However, what has happened is people need to think about alternatives because all of a sudden. Um, for various reasons, costs being the predominant reason, mm-hmm. they have to look at it. So, you know, I, I think now it's really interesting that we're entered this, this this era of virtualization, where the likes of you know, Parallels, Oracle, Citrix, Hyper V, Proxmox is getting mentioned. Mm-hmm. You know, Red Hat probably maybe prematurely killed RHV. You know, yeah, like, I agree. You know, that, that, they <laughs> might be rethinking that one now, right? Oh, yes. Um, you know, I, I think mean, so. I, Yeah, I mean, Overt still exists, and I think um, Oracle sounds like they're going to keep that up, upstream and keep it going. Um, but I think it's really cool that a lot of these other hypervisors are coming out now as alternatives, and there's choice again. But yeah, to the point, you've been around for, you know, you, you started the or- orchestra thing 10, 15 years ago, a yep. hyper, your hypervisor is already, you know, 2018 to 2024. We're talking already five years of maturity here. It's not like mm-hmm. these things are popping up overnight. So I yeah. think the great thing is the customers have choice, but are they really going to, when push comes to, to shove, move across? So how would you how would you go about talking to a customer that might be umming and ahhing because okay. of the so cost? So that,
0: that's, Yeah. That, that, that's a good question. And uh, to be fair, as we are a company made by technical people, uh, I have to admit we are not a great salespeople, and that's people coming to us, in fact. And, but you're uh, very endearing, now, and
1: I think that's a great if, positive, very endearing. Yeah,
0: I, I mean, I mean, it's inbound, like we call that. So people are coming to us and said, uh, maybe we have a, a call or we've been reached something like one lead per hour coming and said, I'm using VMware I can't pay the next you know uh, uh time I need to renew or I need to renew the hardware because the uh you know the uh, hardware compatibility list is very limited and yes. my hardware that's only 3 years ago I have to ditch it this is not acceptable and you know all the things that makes the you know a problem with VMware and again it could be a money problem it could be a renew hardware renewal problem a trust problem but also I would say you know um a long term relationship thing that is broken uh, because they yes. started to remove many things, and people start to just said We have some big, you know, big leads that are coming to us and said, We have hundreds of machines. Obviously, we won't change everything just now, mm-hmm. uh, but just help us to start mitigating the risk. So yes. the idea is, for a new project or hardware that we maybe wanted to decommission, then we will install your platform. We'll install one, two, three, four applications that we run that are maybe not critical and then more and more and more. And then for them, it's an insurance on, you know for the next time we could continue to grow, our team internally will be trained on the platform and that's how they make migration. It's step-by-step. And I think I like this approach because we are not here to say we'll replace 100% of the VMware feature again. We said, okay, you could start to mitigate that risk so that's for the, the biggest one and then the smaller one are kind of you know uh start with one machine and it's very fast and then they made the migration in a few weeks and that's it so um people that are coming to us i think already made the decision in their head to really try something else. So I can tell for those that are still hesitating yeah. and I'm not telling them that they must because obviously every case is different, but I think the idea to at least explore and mitigate the risk and learning something else. And as you said, it's in a question of diversity on the market and diversity, diversity is good because good. when there's Very no good. diversity, there's a monopoly and the monopoly will lead to the Broadcom situation. So yes, we, we yes, are kind yes. of all, you know, uh, uh, I would say guilty of that situation because maybe we didn't want to think about it we said this is done you know there's only one player i don't want to think about it well, i will never be fired because i choose vmware you know uh, and, that? And, and yeah well, that's, that's that mindset helped to build that yeah mm. i think exactly.
1: you, you mentioned something that was interesting just before when you talked about people you know um for, for net new machine a net new project has old machines run out or has old hardware times out they might buy a new one, but they might move a workload that's non-critical. Uh, it sounds to me very similar to how people approach the move from on-premises to the cloud first. You know what I mean? Like, oh yeah, that's how they started. Let's put something that's not critical on. Let's start putting small workloads on. Then, as we get as we get used to it, as we get used exactly. to the solution, as we get trust in the platform, then we'll move everything mm-hmm. across. Uh, and so this—that's a good way to do it. It's actually interesting mm-hmm. that you know we're talking about the same methodology that people would have gone to the cloud with, which to be fair is just another hypervisor at times, right? Yeah, so exactly. I, I think mm-hmm. that's very interesting. So I think to your point, mainly about how people will, will do it. Yes, they will start to realize that as it, things start to age out by attrition, they will then go, okay, let's move one, let's move two. And I think from your point of view, are you gonna, are you gonna be looking to develop tooling that will aid in migration or obviously that's, can we, we, we started
0: that. to do that in fact due to the pressure of the acquisition uh as soon as it was announced we started to think about it and we made a tool right in Zen orchestra that will connect to your uh, vCenter stuff and list the machine and then you select the machine and you could import them on the fly without having a, you know uh, a shared storage wow. to put your ovf blah 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 it's just streaming the vm to uh, our platform and yes because that's of our new customers are coming from VMware. So, this is kind of our priority and things. Also, which is really interesting is those users are, you know, asking for features. Sometimes we do not have, but it helps to create the roadmap of tomorrow and said, okay, yes. we need to prioritize that because those users are maybe more demanding than our, you know, historical community, the early adopters and so on. Understand. But to me, I like it because it's a challenge and I want to get there. I want to get, you know, similar features and to grow the product. And and the, the, the funny thing about it is, um, sure, we are based in France, but... I would say 60 to almost 70 percent of our revenue is made in the us so the the us is the first place where people started to make the migration and where the growth is the biggest one and in europe we just started to realize the danger as soon as Broadcom made the first announcement regarding changing in pricing and so on. But it was like kind of everyone was crossing fingers in Europe and said, I hope this won't change too much. But when it started, I would say in the last three months, it's really crazy because everyone in Europe, like from small companies to public institutions, they are really kind of crazy trying to find options and so on because they just realize it's happening. And I have to say in the US, they're kind of uh less fearful to try something else you know it's a kind of a mentality of taking risks and so on yes and that's why the us is now our biggest you know market and i like to say we are not you know having the success because there's only french companies using it so that's the opposite that's probably one of our smallest markets wow Uh, people are using it because it works so that's pretty much it and I, that's I, 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 lo- I
1: love I love the notion of it just works I mean you know you know I, I work for veeam software and that's that, that's been yeah. our mantra from the start it just works you know and it's a uh, it's it's a good thing to have and I think the way that you've talked about it in terms of the problem that you that you were trying to solve with the orchestra the fact that what you were trying to sort of s- split and you know make a new hypervisor when Citrix wasn't doing their push pulling their weight and you were trying to basically make the product better it speaks volumes and I think what you just talked about about now the challenge on on you guys and others in this market because we will see the guys that are out there that have been somewhat established for the last 10 to 10 to 5 years mm-hmm. in this space but very much niche players the market's all of a sudden going to open up and you're going to get bigger but there's going to be competition again right so you have to be able yeah. to differentiate you have to be nimble you have to be able to innovate because the, the problem with VMware having that monopoly was that they had that monopoly, and people kind of got used to it, and they got used to the features. Um, mm-hmm. And so, oh, yes. I, th- I think <laughs> that that's the biggest challenge for for you guys going forward. But it's 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 been a tremendous, um, you know, conversation. I really love the history. I love the name. I love where you came from. I love the fact that you started this by just coding you know, and working with not even really APIs back in the day, but just trying to make something better out of a need. So, you know, this has got a proper story of innovation and need. I I love the fact that you guys are doing it. So it's been good to have you on the show. We could have talked for a lot longer. Um, Oh, yes. I'm really (laughs) interested to see where Vates goes. I'm looking forward to the, the growth of the XCNPNG and the Zen Orchestrator and what you guys are doing in the space. So... Just as a final reminder, if you love great things with great tech and would like to feature on future episodes, please click on the link on the show notes, head to gtwgt.com and register your interest. Thanks again to Vates. Thank you, Oliver. And we Thank will you see very you much. next time on great things Do with you. great tech.